Welcome to IFL Science The Big Questions, the podcast where we invite the experts to explore the biggest mysteries of science with your host, Dr. Alfredo Carpinetti. Welcome to IFL Science The Big Questions, a series where we ask experts some of the most pressing mysteries of science, technology, and humanity. I'm your host, Dr. Alfredo Carpinetti, IFL Science Senior Science Writer, and it is my pleasure to speak today with Dr. Alexander Coberli, a research fellow at the Grantham Institute for Climate Change at Imperial College. The question this time is, can we stop or reverse climate change? Dr. Coberli, it's a pleasure talking to you. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Alex Coberly, I'm a research fellow at the Grantham Institute at Imperial College London. I'm also in the Center for Climate Finance and Investment at the Business School at Imperial College London. Um, I'm a lead author in the IPCC Sixth Assessment Report. I've been part of many different types of assessment, the UNEP uh, GAP report, for example, and the Global Environmental Outlook from UNEP that came out a couple of years ago. Um, I have been studying transitions for a better part of a decade now. Um, I have a background in biology and environmental studies and uh, energy planning, and um, really look into a lot of the, of the land use and, and agricultural side, bioenergy side of, of uh, climate action, so nature-based solutions, so to speak. Um, and the, where the confluence between that and uh, food systems and, um, and finance uh, converge. So it's a pleasure to be with you here today. Thank you, that, that is very, very interesting. Um, let's start with some background. Uh, what is the climate crisis uh, and how did we get here? Well, that's a, a long story, but you, I think you can trace it back to the beginning of the industrial revolution. Um, so that's when we started using fossil fuels um, more heavily that drove the increase of CO2 in the atmosphere, which then changes uh, the energy balance of the earth, which causes climate change. A lot of this increase in fossil fuel use was, like I said, traced back to industrial revolution, industrial activity. And that's really tied to the rise of, of capitalism, to accumulation of capital and the, uh, in a, uh, what is the possibility to make these large investments and the roots of capitalism go back to colonialism and, and accumulation of capital in Europe. So it's a, you know, it's a few centuries uh, uh, process that has gotten us to where we are today. Thank you. Um, one of the sort of goals to avoid catastrophe for the planet uh, is to uh, stay below this uh, 1.5 uh, degrees Celsius uh, increase of global temperatures target. Uh, at the moment, based on uh, policies uh, worldwide uh, and uh, um, what both people, companies and governments are doing, uh, how likely is uh, for humanity to stay below that target? Well, the level of ambition needs to keep going up. It is, uh, it, there is a, a process where, whereby it is going up. There's a good momentum is building towards that start. You know, we had the Paris Agreement in 2015, five years later, we have the Biden administration coming in. There's a lot of uh, activity around net zero targets being announced, but the, the, what needs to, to, to happen is 
um, these targets meet the types of policies that actually do reduce emissions. The targets themselves, you can announce a target, but if you, unless you implement real policies that, that will change the trajectory of the economic system of, of, of the emission system, you won't get there. So these policies need to be implemented. Um, and the, the IPCC special report on 1.5 degrees showed categorically that this decade is critical. So the next 10 years are critical. So what we need is ambition, climate action ambition going up in the next uh, five to 10 years in order for, for 1.5 to remain within reach. So if there was a serious political commitment, if there were policies that followed uh, uh, ambitious targets, it, would it be possible to stop uh, uh, climate change uh, or the best we can hope uh, is that we can uh, slow down uh, uh, that can mitigate climate change? Well, it depends on the time scale that you measure this in. Uh, yes, we can control um, and mitigate a lot of, of the most dangerous effects of climate change. It would be possible, particularly if there was, like you say, serious political commitment, but it needs to be serious political commitment with policies that actually change the, the, the financial flows in the direction of low carbon uh, alternatives. So if, if that were to happen, um, we do have technology options already available today. And with larger financial flows going into low carbon, it would actually bring others also to, um, to commercial scale. So you would be able to reduce emissions quickly enough to keep at least within 1.5 degrees, it's still within grasp. Um, to completely eliminate climate change is a different question because there is already there is already some climate change in the system. There's already some warming in the system. There's an inertia of the climate system where by even if we completely zeroed emissions today, there will still be a bit of warming that, that will take place in the next couple of decades. So greenhouse gases will have to be removed from the atmosphere in order for temperatures to start coming down, but there's a lag and there's a, there, there's a bit of an, so there's this inertia in the climate system that needs to be taken into account. But you could in the long run be brought back down to the same temperature, average temperature that we had in pre-industrial era, but it would take many decades. It would not be something that we could do immediately. Thank you for, thank you for that answer. Um, this brings me to sort of the crucial uh, question. Uh, let's think uh, in the multiple decades, uh, maybe even longer, uh, what uh, would be necessary to uh, stop or uh, reverse uh, climate change as it is, uh, um, assuming that uh, there is commitment, uh, etc.? Well, everything that I've been talking about, basically, is, it's massive deployment of low carbon alternatives. Uh, it's a realignment of financial flows to enable this. And all of this really goes back to policy change. So policy needs to be put in place to enable this, to expect that the private sector will alone do this and that consumers through their behavior change would alone do this is naive and dangerous uh, game to play in, in my opinion. So we do need policymakers worldwide to step up to the plate and, and implement the types of policies that are needed to send clear signals to, to the private sector, for, to consumers, to, to everybody, to, to society in general, of the direction of travel, where, where it is that, that we, we, we need to go. And that 
the investments will happen. Uh, we'll start following the policy once the policy is in place. And there is a lot of uh, discussion um, about technological solutions. Uh, some are uh, go from uh, simple uh, massive tree planting. Other is uh, um, carbon uh, capture systems uh, from something modestly simple to vast industrial scale uh, to even more dangerous uh, ideas like uh, uh, geoengineering. What, uh, what is actually there, what has been uh, um, taught as a reasonable and uh, um, maybe approachable way to uh, mitigate the, um, the climate crisis in the short and medium term? Short to medium term is, is going to be mostly based on renewables. So shifting to renewables to maybe biofuels in the short term is, our, is also a viable alternative. Um, some nature-based solutions, like you mentioned, tree planting. Yeah, it, it, it has to be done right. It's not just any tree planted anywhere that's going to work. It, 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 this has to be done in a, in a, in a, in a well-planned and scientifically based manner. So these options do exist. Um, CCS, as you mentioned, carbon capture and storage is also something that's available, but the scale of that is not there yet. It's something that would is probably five to 10 years, maybe a bit more in, into the future, depending on how much investment happens immediately. Um, but there, there are options there as well. So it's basically just shifting to low carbon as quickly as possible with what's available. Solar and wind are now cheaper than many fossil fuel alternatives in many parts of the world. So they should be, um, they should be deployed uh, to, to enable uh, this, this, the beginning of this transition now because it's cost effective to do so. Fantastic. Um, in a slightly longer term, uh, again, with the idea that uh, we can, uh, uh, knowing that there is this inertia of the climate uh, that maybe we can uh, sort of go back a little bit uh, before we, before humanity uh, messed up uh, big time uh, uh, our world. Um, what, uh, um, what do you think are the technologies or the approaches uh, that uh, uh, require maybe long-term planning or multiple decades, but uh, also um, more investment uh, in um, the long-term? Well, I think, like I said, Everything, uh, everything needs to be, uh, everything's on the table. Um, all options are on the table um, from renewables to biofuels, to hydrogen, to demand shift, to diet change, to behavior change. All of these things need to be part of, of, the, of the solution of how we, how we produce the goods and services that we consume, but also how we consume them, what kind of choices we exercise as, as consumers um, will we'll be a part of, of getting to, uh, to where we need to be in order to avoid very dangerous uh, levels of climate change. This is not going to be a, a, an easy thing to do. This is one of the most challenging things that humanity has ever done, if not the most challenging thing that humanity has ever done because it has to happen at a global scale and coordinated on a, on a global scale, which is something that has never been done before. 
um, and not not just organically, but it has to be directed. And and this is where the the difficulty lies: is how to build this common um, direction of travel um, globally across sectors, across geographies, across uh, societies, and so on. So that is going to be the the, the main challenge. But um, there is no silver bullet. I think yeah, this is this is the, the one thing to remember is that there's no silver bullet. I think everything is part of the solution and, and to act that way and expect that to be the case. Thank you very much for, for that. I like the message that there is no silver bullet and you need a holistic approach uh, to actually change uh, uh, our course. Uh, I think I have only one final question. If there was one thing that you would want everyone to know about uh, the climate crisis or how to uh, fight the climate crisis or a message that you would want to send out, uh, what is it? I think be engaged, engagement in all its uh, possibilities. So be engaged in how you consume anything that you consume in your, in your consumption patterns, in your behavior. Uh, try to use carbon transportation, cycle, walk, active transport. Try to choose your um, what you buy and, and the food you consume. Travel consciously as much as possible. Just do the things that are possible to yourself. And then also be engaged politically. Be part of the process and demand of your representatives that they put this high on the agenda. And this is particularly the case for younger generations that they're going to be living through um, a lot of the, 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 the this, not just the, the impacts, but the transition that is going to be quite challenging because for some time, for a little while there, there will be impacts and transitioning happening at the same time. So it will be a, a very turbulent time. Uh, so the sooner we start, the easier it becomes maybe two decades from now. So I think that it, it, this urgency um, of, of, of the action needing to happen now stems from making things much easier uh, a decade or two down the line here. So that's what I would say, engagement, I think. Be engaged. If you, if you take this seriously, um, do your part. You know, Be the change that you want to see in the world. That is a fantastic message to end on. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to IFL Science, The Big Questions. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And join us next time when we'll be investigating the depths of consciousness. Until then, take care.